It was William Sherman. Not sure if you remember the name, but that's the name, William Sherman, the U.S. Army general during the Civil War who famously said, war is hell. War is hell. Anybody here been in war? You've been on the actual field of battle? No, but from what I've been told, the statement is true. War is hell. There are not many things worse than war. Wars result in all kinds of losses and hardships and even death. There are wars between countries. There are wars between people. There are wars even in the business world. And there are wars between friends. There is also another kind of war. It's not spoken of nearly as much, but can, I was going to say, be equally as destructive, but let me say more destructive. It's the war on the inside of us. There is a war going on out there for sure, but there's a war going on in here too. It's a war between the flesh and the spirit, and it's spoken of throughout the word of God, and we need to be aware of it, and we need to know how to deal with it. The Bible tells us how to not only deal with this war and make peace, but also to ultimately win. Amen? There's a little ring there, so if you could dial that in, that'd be wonderful. There are also wars within families, and these can be some of the toughest things to deal with. And if you've had family troubles, you can echo that statement. They can be very destructive, not only of the family, but of individual lives. So we're going to take a look at tonight this passage that deals with all kinds of different things, but hopefully walk away with a couple of things, learning that we're to live a life that's set in order. Number one. Number two, that we're to live a full life and that we're not to despise our birthright in the kingdom. Amen? So let's take a look at this passage tonight and look at the the war inside. We're picking it up in chapter 25, verse 1. First point, if you're taking notes, is set your life in order. Set your life in order. Verse 1 of 25 says this, Abraham again took a wife, and her name was Keturah, and she bore him Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Joshcan begot Sheba and Dedan, and the sons of Dedan were Asumim, Letsushim, Lemumim, and the sons of Midian were Aphar, Epher, Hanok, Abadiah, Eldah. All these were the children of Keturah. And Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. But Abraham gave gifts to the sons of the concubines which Abraham had. And while he was still living, he set them eastward away from Isaac, his son, to the country of the east. We're to set our lives in order, and we'll see here in this passage, in this opening passage of Genesis 25, that that's exactly what Abraham does. And not only does he do it here, but he lived a life. He lived this type of life. So it's congruent with how he lived his life, and he continued that all the way to the end of his days. After the death of Sarah, Abraham took another 
another wife. Her name was, her name was Keturah. Abraham lived another 35 years after the Isaac's marriage to Rebekah, and that was a little while after the death of Sarah. And so there was a few more years, in fact, a few decades left of Abraham's life after the death of Sarah. And I want to say this, and this is just for the benefit, and this is one of the benefits of going through the scriptures like we do. Because if you're picking and choosing, and I'm not here to criticize anyone, but if you're kind of bouncing around and picking and choosing, you tend to, and studies have actually been done, that you tend to pick the, 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 your favorite verses to preach on, and you tend to pick your favorite passages. But when you go through like this, you don't get to skip, you don't get to pick and choose, you just have to say, hey, this is what the Lord has to say to us tonight. And if you're here tonight, then God must have had it in mind for you to hear what he has to say to you tonight. The point is this, life goes on and you don't know how long you will live and you may lose a spouse. And it's okay if the Lord brings someone else into your life, it's okay to remarry. And this is exactly what we see here, okay? So we're just preaching the word, amen? The law of marriage is until death us do part. So... Sarah died, and, Mary, and Abraham took another wife. Actually, Matthew Henry put it this way, because you could say, well, he was old by then, by the time Sarah. I mean, he, if he was old when Isaac was born, certainly he was old when Sarah died. <laughs> so, you know, so, so, so by this time, you know, you could say he's old. He's, he's, you know, come on, you know, cash it in. Cash your cards in. You did it. You did, lived it well. Matthew Henry the famous uh, commentator put it this way, marriage is not forbidden to old age. Marriage is not forbidden to old age. And uh, if you're married, stay married all the way till the end. And I think you got it. <laughs> Abraham, Abraham had six sons by this new wife, Keturah. And... We named them all there. They were all written there for us. And if you're a Bible student, as we read a couple of those, you recognized a couple, at least a couple of the names rang some bells. Uh, Midian, perhaps, and Dedan. And uh, some of those actually become names of particular areas. Uh, Midian, uh, you will know, uh, if you keep going all the way through Exodus, uh, Moses' father-in-law was a priest of Midian, right? So um, you can see these names that continue to develop, in, um, and, the, and these are where they're from. And so we see these things uh, being laid down here. So, so he had these new sons, and of course he had his other sons that he had, and he had, of course, Isaac, who was the son of the promise. And what this opening passage tells us other than the, the fact of that he took another wife, Keturah, is that he also set his affairs in order. He set his life in order. He set his affairs in order. And we pick it up, verse 5, and it says this, And Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac, but Abraham gave gifts to the sons of the concubines which Abraham had. And while he was still living, he sent them away eastward, away from Isaac his son, 
to the country of the east. And so after the birth of these sons, he set, Abraham set his house in order and he did it with wisdom. He did it in the way that it was to be done. He gave all that he had. He gave the inheritance to, to Isaac. You see, Isaac was the son of Sarah. And because Sarah was his first wife, she had that place of honor. And the fruit of her womb was Isaac, the promised son of God that came into the world through Abraham and Sarah. And so he gave all that he had to his son Isaac, the son of the promise. But then it tells us that he gave things to the rest of his sons as well. He gave, son, he gave things to Ishmael. He gave things to the sons of Keturah. He gave gifts and he set these things in order. And then he kind of separated the pack and he kind of sent uh, you know, the sons of Keturah and the other sons, he sent them out. He sent them to the east and kind of separating out where Isaac was because he was that son of the promise. He was the son that was going to fulfill the promise of God or at least be in the lineage of that. And that was going to take place and had special, uh, you know, the idea of the land where he was, the land of Canaan. And, uh, and so Abraham did all these things. Look at this. He, 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 he gave his inheritance. He gave gifts to his other sons. He sent them out. He separated things out the way that it was supposed to be done. And, one, and I read the commentaries on this, and one of the interesting things about this, um, and this isn't something that might come up in your normal Bible study, but one of the things that you can look at here is that he set things in order, and he gave all his inheritances, and he did all this, and it says while he was still living. And, um, you know, and, and a lot of the commentators talked about, um, you know, that, you know, Sons and daughters, you know, we're, we're to honor our mother and father. And, you know, mothers and fathers, you're to kind of honor your kids, too, with kind of taking care to, you know, give, give, a, give an inheritance. That's actually a biblical thing, amen, to, to give an inheritance. And, and, and one of the commentators actually pointed out this whole thing that took place here, that Abraham actually did this and that he executed it while he was still living. You know, you, this idea of like, you know, having a last will and testament and everything. Abraham said, no, I ain't going to worry about that. I ain't going to worry about somebody else doing this. I'm doing this. I'm going to make sure this is done right. You know, you've seen the, the feuds and things that develop, uh, you, know, with the, you know, with the executors of wills and all this kind of stuff, this, you know, funny stuff that goes on. Abraham said, we're not having any of that. I'm making sure this is done right. And he literally executed his, his will, his last will and testament, himself. Um, and so it's good to set your affairs in order and the inheritance to your children. And it's good even, as we see here, to act as your own executor. One commentator put, put it this way. Observe, he did this while he yet lived, lest it should not be done or not so well done afterwards. Note, in many cases, it is wisdom for men to make their own hands their executors and what they find to do, to do it while they live as far as they can. And, um, and so we're to set our lives in order too. The, I think the biblical pr principle there would extend to living a life of order. 
You know, not waiting till the end of your life and now, now I'm going to set things in order, but living your life in order and that there is an order to things. And order is actually a, a major principle in the Bible. You know, it's brought up all the time in the New Testament referring back to the Old Testament, the order of creation, the order of honor within the Godhead is even a thing that is relied upon for you know the Father and the Son and the Spirit and, and, and then the order of creation of men and women and, and on and on and on. And then that extends into all of, all of the, the, the things that go on in our lives. And so it's good for us to live a life of order. And so the questions there tonight would be for each and every one of us, are, do we have our lives in order? Or are there things that we need to set in proper order in our lives and you know sometimes we can be out of order we, we can be out of order or maybe out of bounds and you know you got to have both feet in bounds for the for the catch to be complete right so we got to get both feet in bounds so to speak next if you're taking notes we'll learn here that we we should live a life to the full Pick it up, verse 7. It says this, This is the sum of the years of Abraham's life, which he lived 175 years. Then Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age, an old man full of years. And he was gathered to his people. And his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah, which is before Mamre, in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar, the Hittite, in the field which Abraham purchased from the sons of Heth. And there Abraham was buried and, his, and Sarah's wife. And it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac. And Isaac dwelt at Beer Lahai Roy. And so we can learn here that, that we should live life to the full. That we should have a full life. Abraham lived and he died. You know, this is what happens. You live, you're born, and then, then you die. This is what happens to every single person except for one person that I know of, but to everybody else, this is what happens. And even he died, but came back to life, thank the Lord. But I want to read you this verse, this verse of scripture, how it appears in the King James, because when I read it in the King James, you'll go, oh, I've heard these phrases before. Is that where that came from? Yeah, a lot of euphemisms that you and I are familiar with actually came out of the King James Version. And it, it's found its way into the literature of uh, English, England, England literature, and England literature. <laughs> English literature, come on, help me out here. And American literature. And I even asked my, I went back after 20 years after high school, I went back and I visited my high school and I found my English professor and he was, had become the head of the English department. And I went up and I sat with him in his office and I just asked him this question. I said, I want to ask you a question. Can you claim to understand English literature without having a knowledge of the, of the Word of God, the Bible? And he said, no, you can't. I mean, you can't even understand some of the euphemisms even within Shakespeare because these things are woven into the other, these other texts, this other literature. So I want to read this verse in the King James. This is what it says. Then Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and he was gathered to his people. 
Yeah, Abraham gave up the ghost. He, you've heard that? Yeah, gave up the ghost. Oh, he gave up the ghost. Well, here's an idea. Sometimes people don't give up the ghost. You could use it as a euphemism for just dying and the last breath coming out of your body. At some point, that's going to happen. But there are people that have the opportunity to literally give up their spirit, to literally give up the ghost. And uh, Jesus did that, right? You know, he said, "In Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And uh, as you know, um, our mother-in-law, my, my wife's mom, and my father-in-law, uh, Sam, his wife passed away uh, in late summer. And we, I was with her just a, like maybe 36 hours before she passed away. And I didn't really know what to tell her. Um, I didn't, sometimes you just don't know what to say in those situations. And the only thing I could tell her was I quoted that scripture, what Jesus said on the cross. And as I understand... Um, that she literally, right at the end, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit and gave up the ghost. And I think that's actually kind of a super honorable way to go because you're literally saying, thank you, God, thank you for everything, and into your hands I commit my spirit. And that's how Abraham lived and died. He gave up the ghost. He breathed his last. He gave up the ghost. And it says, and he died in a good old age, an old man, full of years, and was gathered to his people. Abraham didn't just exist. He didn't just live and breathe. He lived life to the full. If you've been following along in our Genesis series, you can say none other that Abraham lived a full life. He lived a life of abundance. He lived a life of blessing. God called him when he was in was when he was in Iraq, amen, when he was in Ur of the Chaldeans, when he was in Babylon, called him out of that area and said, hey, I want you to follow me. I want you to believe me, and I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And he followed God, and he listened to the Lord, and he obeyed the Lord, and he did the things that the Lord asked him to do, even so much to take his own son up to a hill in Moriah to offer him as a burnt offering on the hill there until the Lord allowed his son to be spared, the son of the promise. And so he he lived this incredible life. He lived a full life. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we are promised and should live life to the fullest well. In fact, this is what Jesus said, and I'll put it up on the screen. John 10, verse 10. He said this, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You see, there's an enemy of our souls, there's a thief, and he comes for this purpose to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he wants to do. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's going through uh, the world, he's going through the lives of people, and he's wreaking havoc, and he's distracting people, he's distracting young people, he's distracting old people, he's causing all kinds of stuff, and he's leading people astray because he wants to steal. Uh, from them. He wants to take from them and he also ultimately wants them destroyed. But Jesus said, I've come for a different purpose. I've come for a different reason altogether. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. Have it more abundantly. Jesus wants us to live a full and abundant life. Far too many people and far too many Christians live lives of negativity and lack in their life. 
They, they, they lack joy, they lack happiness, they lack, they lack satisfaction because they put their hopes and dreams and, and things in, in other things and in, 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 in other ways, and, and they haven't first trusted the Lord. And that's why Jesus said that's in the chapter, chapter 10, where he's talking about being the good shepherd. And you need a shepherd of your soul. And if you'll come into the flock of Jesus Christ and let him be the shepherd of your soul, he's going to lead you to good things and he's going to give you a full life. And there are far too many people and there are far too many people that allow the enemy to, 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 to fulfill his purpose that Jesus talked about, that he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. And, and we've got to put an end to it. We've got to put a stop to it because God wants us to live full and abundant lives. Yes, let's say it again. God wants you to live a full and abundant life. And let me say this. If you live according to God's principles, you will live an abundant, full life. What's that? How do you have it? How do you have the life that God wants you to live? If you'll live according to God's principles, I'm going to, okay. I am going to give a guarantee tonight. Not because, it's not my guarantee. Because I can't guarantee, I can't give any guarantees on this. But God guarantees, God will guarantee to you tonight that he will give you and you will live a full life if you will live according to his principles. And you say, well, what about this person? And what about these people in Africa? And what about these people that are being whatever? Let me tell you, I bet you they're living a full life. I bet you it's written down. You read Book of the Martyrs, you read these things, and those people talk about that they had a fuller life and more happiness and more joy, even though they went to terrible conditions because their life was not about being fulfilled only in this world. Yes, there's some wonderful things to enjoy here on planet Earth, and God has some in store for you. Amen? But it comes together when we live according to the principles that God has laid out in his word. And if you'll live a life that is according to these principles, the guarantee is this, I've come, that you will have life and life to the full, life more abundantly. And you say, Charles, you've gone off the deep end. You know, you sound like a TV preacher. No, I don't. I don't sound like a TV preacher. I, let me tell you what I sound like tonight. I sound like a Bible preacher. A Bible preacher. And we gotta separate out what maybe the prosperity preacher or the prosperity ministry over here that has distorted what the word actually says and taken it away from a, a segment of the population of the church of God because they said that that's not, that's not for us, that's not what God's talking about. And I'm here to tell you that God has got the full thing in store for every single person as we come in and what he wants to bring into your life is fullness. He wants to bring, he wants to deal with lack. And one of the areas that people are gonna find out that they're lacking is all the people right now that are not getting married and not having children. And they're gonna to get to the end of their life and guess what? They're going to be alone. Because there's gonna be no one there to take care, to come by and see. Let me say it again because I think it needs to be said. If you'll live according to the principles that God has laid down in his word, you will live a full and abundant life. And it's exactly what Abraham lived, a full life. And, I, and let me say it in, in kind of another way. <laughs> in fact, you will not be able to not have a full life. 
In other words, let me say it this way. If you, if you didn't even intend on having a full life, but your only intention was to serve the Lord and live according to his principles, guess what? You're going to have a full and abundant life <laughs> because it's a byproduct. It's a byproduct of living according to the principles of God. Because when we live according to the principles of God, we're letting him be the glory and lifter of our head. We're not walking around in negativity. We're not living a life of, of crazed negativity and depression. Yeah, we may have depression. That's a real thing. And no one's minimizing that. But God is going to be there. He's going to be your source. He's going to be the glory and lifter of your head. And you're going to say, Lord, I trust you. I'm relying on you. And even when he's the only one you might have to reach out to, there might be a day, hopefully none of any, nobody in this room, but for somebody else out there, maybe, okay, there'll be a time when nobody else is there. But guess who's going to be there? God. He'll never leave you or forsake you. And if you live according to his principles, you will not be able to prevent your life from being full and abundant. <laughs> You're like, no, I don't want it. I just want to serve the Lord. Guess what? Here you go. You know, full and abundant life because that's what God wants to do. He's the giver. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. And he showers his grace. He showers his mercy. He showers his love. He wants to do good things. The enemy of our souls wants to do bad things. The enemy of our soul wants to ruin families, ruin economies, ruin people's careers, ruin things. God's not about those things. God is a good God. Amen. When you sign up for social media, I don't, you know, all these different social medias. And I mean, I was, I was kind of late coming to Facebook and then, you know, Instagram, I started seeing around and then it was like, oh, okay, well, I'll get an Instagram, right? And I thought it was kind of cool because it looked like the old, the, the old Polaroid back in the early days, right? It looked like the old Polaroid. So you sign up for a social media account. And on some of these, they want you to put some type of a bio, like a profile, right? So if I go on Instagram right now and I find you and, I, and, and, and you'll have your little bio on there, right? And I was born in this and I do this and I love cats and, and you know, whatever it is that you've got on your bio, right? Okay. It's not on my bio, but it might be on your bio, okay? <laughs> and, so, and so when I signed up for Instagram, I put a couple of bio stats on there, you know, just kind of like, you know, job, career, that type of thing. And I, and I said, no, what, I'm not, you know, everyone just kind of puts, you know, like, you know, the father of this and the, the, the president of this and the whatever, you know. You can, by the way, you can just create your own company and call yourself president, right? You know that, right? <laughs> can sign you up today for an LLC. Today, you'll be president. Amen? <laughs> and uh, so I said, what am I going to put as like, you know, just, you know, what, 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 what do I want to say? You know, if somebody comes and looks at my profile. And so I, I put this on there. Live the full life in Jesus Christ. Live the full life in Jesus Christ. Now go on my Instagram bio right now and check. No, 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 I don't want you to do that right now. You can check later. And if you're not following me, why aren't you following me, okay? Come on. And because uh, I need more likes and stuff, you know, come on. But I'm really big on this. I'm really big on this. There are certainly obstacles to overcome, but as Christians, we're not to allow those obstacles to stop us or hinder us from living a full and abundant life and full of joy. And we just completed our Philippian series, right? 
And here Paul, who was was a tremendous example, in fact, in the letter to the Philippians, he sets himself out as an example, right? He literally says, follow my example in all these things, right? One of the examples is, hey, guess what? And he didn't say this, but I'm going to say it for him. I'm writing this letter about joy in the Lord and that you should rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. By the way, I'm writing this from a Roman prison. I can't even stand up. There's rats and there's crap right there. But I want you to know, have joy in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Amen? I'm big on this. I could stop right now. And just this might be the message for tonight. Because I've got a lot more and and we've got communion and all kinds of stuff. So I'm considering that. Um, I'm big on this. I don't want people to live in negativity on just for no good reason. Now I know some people want to just, you know, grab onto it and just, oh, you know, and and some people make, you know, and, and some people pull each other, you know, they'll say negative things about someone else because somehow in their mind, this is all psychology, it makes them feel better about themselves. And guess what? In the end, it doesn't make you feel better. It doesn't make you feel better, but I know what will make you feel better. Giving your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting him to the full, loving him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, living for him, living according to his principles. And if you'll do those things right there, and begin to walk this out as Abraham walked and journeyed from Ur to Haran to Shechem to Beersheba to Hebron. He lived it out. And here's the, here's the, uh, the epitaph, right? Here it is. Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age an old man full of years and was gathered to his people. And he's the father of the faith. And what an example for us. He was buried in the cave Machpelah with, uh, with Sarah, his wife. And this section ends, and it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac. And Isaac dwelt at Beer. Lahai Roy.